Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. In this episode, the gentle sounds of Rich Batsford's piano. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever, whenever, however you are listening, welcome to Edinburgh. I'm Ewan Spence, and when it's August, I talk about the Fringe. When it's not August, I curate our massive archive. Our, our massive archive sounds like it should be an innuendo. It's not. We have a massive archive. Nearly two decades of covering the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Over a thousand interviews in there and the delight of being able to pick one out every week just to give you that little taste of the Fringe. And popping up for a single week at the Edinburgh Fringe back in 2015 was Rich Batsford. Uh, that popping up for a week is something that's become more popular uh, in recent years due to the cost and the complexity of the Fringe. But back in 2015, it was still a, oh, that's interesting, must keep an eye out for that in the programme, Rich Batsford bringing up his piano for classically chilled piano. Clearly not a rock and roll hour of gags and wordplay, but it is a great example of a master at work. The Fringe is more than stand-up comedy, and our Fringe interviews always try to get that same balance of the different areas of all the arts. And Rich's performance certainly was that. He could capture the room in the same way as any Perrier nominee. He could twist his tails with a look and bring out emotions with a few flickers of fingers over his piano keys. Myself and Nick Odd caught up with Rick in our podcast studio to talk about the show, to talk about his music and to talk about how powerful the moments of silence can be. So let's go back to the Fringe, let's go back to the space at Surgeon's Hall and go back to classically chilled piano with Rich Batsford. And remember, the show's over. Don't try and get tickets. Lovely. Rich Batsford joins us now and his show Classically Chilled Piano. That's right. Now, being the French, that could be anything from a treatise on how chopsticks ruined your life when you watched it in the film Big with Tom Hanks, to sitting there in a freezer at the back of Valvona and Krona with a grand piano doing Beethoven sonatas. <laughs> Which is it? Well, I never learned chopsticks, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> I never will. <laughs> Tell us about um, the show. Thanks. Well, basically, it's, it is just solo piano. It's kind of minimalist in that sort of approach. Nothing. I've done a, a show once before where I mixed up with some songs and did a bit of storytelling, but really I found that my piano music is my strength, so I'm just going So it's that sort that. of that iteration throughout the career and just going, this is what I'm really, really good yeah. at. Yeah, well, in fact, I've sort of gone full circle, really, because I started playing the piano when I was a little kid, and then I've done quite a few other things in the midpoint, and then about ten years ago I started writing a couple of piano pieces and thought... You know, of all the different things that I've done, different kinds of music, a bit of comedy, and got involved with a few sort of cross, like, multi-arts events that were really interesting. But then I just sort of thought, this is better than anything I've personally done before. You know, this is 
awful cliche, but they say you found your voice. You know, this I thought this is it. You know, and I basically just focus so, on that now. So, how does the comedy fit into it? Well, it's simply that I um, I sort of fell in love with stand up about uh, 1997. Uh, I saw um, Milton Jones. Uh, where was that? Um, well, actually, it was sort of in a pub, really, because uh, a friend of mine, I was in guitar bands for a little while, and that sort of fizzled out, the last band fizzled out, and I did a bit of music promotion with a nice a nice guy, but that sort of wasn't really going much in, uh, anywhere either. And I was sitting in a pub, and he introduced me to his friend, and he told me that he used to run a comedy club, but he found it too much hard work for one person. And just the way he spoke about it, and of course I've always kind of enjoyed humour and found it potential for, you know, it's potential for insight and... Yeah, as it should be. ...challenging, you know, stereotypes and what, and that sort of thing. And I just thought it sounded like a really interesting thing to do. So I said, well, I'll start it again with you, if you like, and... And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, exactly. So Fifteen years later, I'm still somewhat involved in the comedy world. I do a little bit of booking of, a, of some shows down in Cambridgeshire. Best but thanks you've ever booked... Not necessarily the one that made a million quid, not necessarily the one that made it to the telly, which is the one you just went, found that person. That's so hard. Um, 15 years of booking. So, um, my personal favourite is some of the shows that I saw Reg Hunter do were really, really special. Um, in the days before he's quite so well known as he is, just in little small venues, and really the, just that pin drop kind of uh, atmosphere where the audience was completely silent except when there were big laughs come yeah. and then right back to real just pin drop silence again really and of course of Reg is that still where he will literally turn on the stage and stop and just look and just let everything go just mm. cut off and be silent straight yeah. away that intensity and that yeah. confidence well, yeah. that's, that that sort of fits in with what you were saying about your own music the fact it's quite minimalist you, mm. think, that, you think that sort of comedy element sort of comes out in the music that tight sense of timing let's face it there's a lot of musicians who Really, you know, they, they, they may be able to work, you know, off the beat, but they've got no sense of timing. It's all right. They've broken mm. up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Louis. Well, timing is key, definitely. Uh, two kinds of two aspects to music, basically pitch and rhythm. So it's, mm -hmm. um, it's creating a kind of harmonic uh, sort of environment and using rhythm. And what I'm basically trying to do is create... Uh, sort of waves or builds so if you imagine a series of waves this is a not all my music but a, a structure I really enjoy I find uh, very effective is to imagine a series of waves increasing in size until uh, it reaches a climax but very often not always but uh, very often I make the climax the quiet bit yeah, so people. That's interesting. Oh, how, how do you? Um, uh, can you actually respond to your audiences with that sort of music, if that makes sense? Well, not really. Not uh, live. I, I, I tend I mean, to find my audiences are, are very, very quiet. Quiet. Yeah, it's normally. In fact, what I do, I've although most of my pieces are sort of five or six minutes long, I've arranged some of them to suites, so like groups of three uh, pieces. Specifically, so because when with music, there's this convention, isn't there, that when you get to the end of the piece, people clap. I mean, unless they really hate it, <laughs> they'll probably clap. And I find, because I'm doing an hour show and and as I say, five or six minutes, that that would involve quite a lot of applause breaks. So what I actually do is, I've arranged them apart. I do my first piece to so kind you, of set you the tell tone. People not to applaud. Then. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I, I do groups of three pieces and say, look, I've I've arranged them in this way so that we can sort of. Uh, sink into our experience more fully 
uh, without that interruption, without that distraction. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, without hopefully taking anything granted, if you do feel moved for applause, maybe just hold it till the end of the group of three pieces. And you also improvise on stage as well. That's right, yeah. So I guess there's some sort of response there. I mean, I occasionally hear the odd sort of, like, moan of... <laughs> pleasure or something from the audience but <laughs> that might not be the music obviously well true yeah, it's yeah. a darkened room I mean <laughs> who knows all sorts of things could be happening but it's really to be honest um, I want to say that I'm, well in fact with, on, a, on, a, on a theatrical type stage as, as you know the lights are so bright that you can't really see much of the audience anyway yeah of course it's pretty much just me and the keyboard and People often ask in terms of, uh, like, well, my composition generally, where do you get your inspiration from? And they maybe think nature or, I don't know, depending on the person, probably have a different view. But really, it's the keyboard. It's just the notes, you know, and the arrangements of the notes and what happens when you play them and the different responses that you um, get. Uh, sorry, a, a, a bit of a, a nerdy question, but I, m- I must ask this question, and I think you and you'll, you'll join in with this. Uh, what, what sort of keyboard do you play? Well, uh, that when you're doing this at the fringe, for example, yeah. what do you bring up? Because you're already working on a stage that's that's not conducive to what you naturally do. Um, and we're not being terribly artistic about uh, pressures about it. it. It is a fact, as we've said, the hot, sweaty box, mm. um, and um, also quite a different type of audience and the lights and all the rest of it. Um, so, what 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 do you play when you bring up here? Well, for this show, I've basically just hired a, a Yamaha digital piano. Um, and in fact, quite often at home, I only have a small uh, flat at home and I play a uh, digital piano there. And to be honest, unless you can afford a really a good quality upright, I'm uh, sorry, a good quality grand and the space that you need for that, um, a digit- good digital piano these days, you can plug it into the sound system so you've got that extra boost of sound. It's going to be imperfectly in tune, a good even action, it's easy to transport. I've actually been playing on the streets as well, be busking uh, in yeah. the afternoon. Basically, t- it takes that one bit of worry away from the oh, performance. Just <laughs> this will hit when I need it to hit, and it will sound right, it yeah. will go with that. Exactly. It, it does the job. And, and people, people are tweeting about you in the street, I think. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is certainly going around. Uh, the show itself uh, is uh, running through until the 29th. Uh, just remind us the time and date of the show. Sure, yeah. It's one uh, pm so lunchtime, late lunch. And it's every day... F- Till Saturday, so Tuesday, today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at the space at Surgeons Hall. You know when you've made it at the fringe and you just drop a dare, you find an extra day. So it's Tuesday. It must be Tuesday. It's well, Tuesday. I didn't no. do Monday, so starting the week on Tuesday. <laughs> just well, here's the clue: Great British Bake Offs on tonight. Must be Wednesday. Ah, that, okay. that, there's your landmarks. Now uh, we've got the motion running outside for you, as we've got, uh, as you said, shows at a one twenty-five. Uh, but you do have one piece brought through for us in CD. Just introduce yeah. that for us. Sure. Well, it's the name of the piece is spelled G U D O N Y A, which, if you're from Australia, which is where I live now, spells good on you.
Rich Batsford there. We'll dispense with the jingle and just stay in that chilled space. Recorded in 2015, so eight years ago now. Get the math right in my head. Many things have moved on, many things have changed, uh, and Rich, being a performer, has done just that. That was classically chilled piano. He's now writing and performing uh, with his piano work under the name of Rich Batsford. You'll find that as his website as well. But he also performs as Metaform with a double T in there. And he's moved also into the ambient soundscapes as well. as, And you find that as the name as Subhavani Online. As always, we will have links to those back at our website, edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Uh, Rich's website, richbassford.com. You can sign up there for notifications for when he heads back out on tour. You'll find links to his albums there. You'll also find his curated playlists of piano music and chill and ambient as well. And let him be your creator around this fascinating space. And that's us for another week at the Fringe that was in the past that is now here. Of course, the Fringe grows ever closer for August 2023. We'll be keeping a little eye out there uh, for news, moments, things that are opening. We might even start to get some dates pop up now. Uh, that may seem unfeasibly early, but you have to remember that the Fringe is this this anchor for a year-round schedule for many hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of performers. We had one of them today. We'll have another next week. I'm Ewan Spence. From Edinburgh to Raffernow. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show. Hosted by Ewan Spence. Produced by the Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com.